we all have a longing for home, don't we? It's, it's where our loved ones are. It's, it's, where we, it's where we find love and, and warmth. It's, it's where we can relax and unwind and rest. We can be ourselves. We find warmth and comfort. We, our loved ones are there. We can be at peace. We, we can be, we don't have to be afraid. There's nothing to be, we are safe. We find safety, peace, comfort at home. When we move somewhere, when we move to a new place, the first thing we do is we look for home, don't we? We, we need to know that we have a home. We need to know that we have a place to live. We, knew, we, we need to know that we have a place to rest our head. So when we move to a new place, the first thing we do is look for home. And when you, let's say you are, maybe you travel a lot. So if you travel a lot, you know what it's like when you've been out on the road for a while. It's exhausting to be out on the road. And the only place you really truly rest is when you are at home. Or maybe even just a long, exhausting day of work. You're coming home from a long day of work and you just, you can't wait to be at home. To, you, you can rest there. You find solace at home. I'm even looking forward, I'm looking forward to being at home tonight. It's Christmas Eve. Christmas is a time that we uh, especially long for home at Christmas time. I have many fond memories of going home for Christmas. When, when our kids were littler, um, after we you know, were done with the Christmas services here, we would pack them up in our van and we would drive 12 hours to my parents' home and all of the siblings would travel to get there to the home and we would all be there and we had wonderful memories there. Just so many memories of being together with family at home. Now my kids are older, so they're home for Christmas. So that's what we look forward to now, kids being home. So at Christmas time, a lot of people go home or think about going home. But we don't always find home in our current homes, do we? For some of us, maybe home... Um, Thinking about going home brings stress. Um, there's going to be fighting, arguing, dysfunction. Maybe there's past hurts or painful memories or uh, all kinds of various reasons that we dread going home. And so maybe, maybe some of you um, even avoid going home. And, and the thought maybe just brings fear to you. And, and so we long for a better home. But no matter how, you know, wonderful our home life may, might be or, or how awful it might be, all, all of our homes are pointing us to a better home. And of course, unfortunately, as some of you know, there are many people in this world who don't even have a home. There are 5,300 homeless people in Toronto 30,000 Canadians homeless on any given night. 200,000 Canadians experience homelessness in any given year. 100 million people are homeless worldwide, and 1.6 billion people in this world lack adequate housing. 
Can you imagine living without a home? Not, not having a, a place that you can come for warmth and love and, and peace and safety. Can you imagine being homeless? I mean, if you long for home tonight, if you long for home after a, uh, an exhausting day at work, if you long for home after you've been gone on a trip for a while, can you imagine, can you imagine how much someone who is homeless would long for a home? I just want you to think about that just for, for a little bit to help us maybe grasp the first point of tonight's message. Without Jesus, we are homeless. Without Jesus, we are homeless. Well, you might have a nice roof over your head. It might even be a really nice roof over your heads, but you are spiritually homeless. Now, did you know that the Bible is really, the whole Bible is a story of us being kicked out of God's home. God created a, a, a wonderful home, a beautiful home, a, an, an amazing, perfect home for us, the Garden of Eden. And, and God provided for every one of our needs. He, he made sure we had everything we possibly, he, he, made, he made sure that all our needs were met and that our home was perfect. Everything in this home was perfect. But then Satan came and told us a lie. He said, well, what if, um, what if it could be better than this? What if it could be better than this? You need to be in charge of your life. Don't let anyone else be in charge of your life, not even God. Because then you might not be happy because you might miss out on what's actually best. That was the lie he told. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, believed that lie. And so they stopped trusting God. They sinned. They broke their relationship with God. And so God kicked them out of his home. And so now they were spiritually homeless they were no longer living with God. Unholy people can't live in God's holy presence. And so now, now they were burdened down and weighed down with all of this guilt and fear and shame. And think of the fear because of the lack of home. And now, ever and ever since, throughout the rest of the Bible, throughout the rest of history, now we see this wall, this barrier between God and people between God and human beings. We no longer had a home with God. And living without a home means living in fear. I mean, what is more scary than not having a place to call home? What could have been more scary than being kicked out of our very first home, the Garden of Eden. What would have been more scary than having God come after you, looking for you? Adam and Eve were so scared that they tried hiding from God. They hid in fear. They hid in fear because now they were unholy and God is holy and that doesn't work anymore. So we see that happening again and again throughout the story of the Bible. Now we're going to fast forward all the way to tonight's text and we see shepherds. And they're watching their flocks at night. And while they do that, God's holy messenger appears to them. And the shepherds were terrified. 
when they were surrounded by God's holy presence. Because that's how unholy people feel when we come face to face with the Holy One whose home we've been kicked out of. We fear rejection and not being loved. We fear failure and and punishment. We, We fear death in the future. But if we are still living in God's home, if we are still living with God, if we are still trusting God, we wouldn't fear these things. But since we decided that we wanted to be in control of our own lives and that we're going to trust in ourselves rather than trusting in God, we could no longer live with God. So that's our second point. We can't live with God, so God came to live with us. We can't live with God, so God came to live with us. Now, Mary and Joseph were told that her baby was going to be the Son of God. It was going to be God with us. So God was coming to this world to save us, to save us from fear. Now, with, with all the, um, no matter how insane that must have been for Mary, and with all the things that she must have had going on in her head, uh, with everything that was coming up for her, she must have at least envisioned giving birth at home. You know, mom holding one hand, an aunt holding another hand, Joseph there, maybe the rest of the relatives outside the door, but all the people that she loved and cared about there with her to celebrate the birth of her firstborn. But Mary was far away from home, far away from family, far away from from her own bed. And now that baby was coming, they couldn't even find shelter. I don't think any mother-to-be has ever dreamed about um, ha- using a, a wooden feeding trough as a crib for her newborn baby. And it, I doubt that the way it ended up happening was anything like the way Mary had dreamed it would be, the way Mary had imagined and planned to celebrate Jesus' birth. Jesus was born homeless. He was coming to live in our place. He truly took our place. He became homeless even, like we are. He left his home to be born here in homelessness. It just makes me wonder a little bit, why was there no room in the inn? Think about that. Why was there no, why couldn't the innkeeper, whoever the innkeeper was, make room in the inn? If you were an innkeeper and you had an inn and your inn was full, wouldn't you make room for a pregnant woman who's about to give birth? Of course you would. Of course we would. So why wasn't there room in the inn? It couldn't have just been because the inn was too full. It couldn't have just been because the hour was too late. I wonder, could it have been because the couple was too ordinary? Oh, it's just a poor, homeless, peasant couple. Who cares about them? If Joseph and Mary were a king and a queen, do you think they would have been turned away? I don't think so. No way. They would have cleared out the rest of the end. There would have been plenty of room in the end. But Jesus didn't come like a king, even though he was the king, which I think tells us something about what God is like. Okay? God wants us, he, 
He could have come in some amazing way that we would have had no choice but to believe in him. But God wants us to love him because we want to, not because we have to. And so Jesus wins our heart in, in, through quiet means by, by telling us and showing us what he has done for us, what he came to do for us. And he was willing to give up his home and be born homeless here for us. Jesus lived homeless. He came here to live as, as a human being. He had to keep the law for us. And so he, was, he had to be made like us in every way and he, even without a home, like we had been left without a home. In fact, in his 33 years here, Jesus never had a home. He says later on in the book of Luke, he says that he had no place to lay his head. So he had to be made like us in every way, only one difference. And the one difference, he never sinned. He perfectly obeyed that law. He perfectly did uh, what God wanted to do. He perfectly lived the way God had designed us to live perfectly. And he did that for us. And here's the kicker. Now he gives you and me credit for that. We get, we get the scorecard. We get the report card with Jesus' marks on it. He gives us the credit for this perfect life he lived in our place. And his homeless existence here on earth then ended in a violent way because Jesus also died homeless. He was nailed to a cross. And while he was on that cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right there, right then and there, he was enduring and suffering the ultimate homelessness. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had been forsaken, abandoned by his heavenly father. He was kicked out of his heavenly father's home. He was suffering homelessness so that we wouldn't have to. He suffered that homelessness for us to pay for all the times that we wanted to be in control, that we wanted to be in charge, that we wanted to trust ourselves instead of trusting in God. He suffered that homelessness for us. He was separated from his father to pay for all of our sins. And his separation from his father ended our separation from the father. Because now there's no more wall. Now there's no more barrier. Now we are no longer kicked out of God's home. We are welcomed back into his home. And the angels when they sing that song in front of the shepherds, reveal something very important to us. They sing, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. There is now peace between God and men. Peace between God and humanity. Peace between God and you. God and us. There's peace. There's no more unholiness. God doesn't see you as unholy. He sees you as holy. He sees you as perfect because your sins have been taken away. So nothing separates you from God anymore. And there's peace between you and God because now, as people who trust that, we aren't trying to be in control of our lives and be the king on the throne of our heart and push God aside. We're happy to have God be at the throne of our hearts. And so there's peace with us and God. And when there's peace between God and us, that goes a long way in helping there to be peace in our homes. Because when we are not trying to be the ruler of our world and we understand and trust that our loving God is the ruler of our world, we tend to put the needs of others around us before ourselves. 
We tend to get along with others. We tend to be at peace with those around us, the same way that God has made peace with us. So peace between God and us leads, between, leads to peace in our homes and ultimately peace on earth. Then the angel said, do not be afraid. That's the other big phrase we want to focus on tonight. Do not be afraid. You don't ever have to be afraid again. If we believe the angel's good tidings of great joy, that really should put an end to fear once and for all. Why? Because the shepherds, like Adam and Eve, were terrified when God's holy presence shone around them. All right? Just like Adam and Eve, they were terrified when they were in God's presence. And that's the way it was ever since we left our home. But now if you have a perfect relationship with the Lord of the universe, you don't have to be afraid of him or anything else because he's the Lord of the universe. And that was the way that God had designed it from the beginning. That's the way that God designed our home life with him to be like. We fear we fear trusting in God, right? We want to trust in ourselves. I feel in control. We fear trusting in God. But when we know how much God loves us, when you know how much God loves you, you'll be happy to turn control over to him. We fear rejection and failure. But when you are so completely filled with God's love for you, you won't care what other people think. We fear the future, and, and we fear circumstances that we can't control. But when you fully know God, and when you know what God is like, and when you know what God can do, and when you know that God is in control, you will trust in him and not be afraid. And you won't have to fear death because you know that you will be with the Lord forever. So we don't have to be afraid now because we have a home again. And that's the main point of this message. We don't have to be afraid because we have a home again. It's not that fear of homelessness of I have no place to call home. We have a home. And that is the real reason that we do not have to fear. Without Jesus, we have no home at all. But he left his home so that we'd have one. And so friends, Christmas is the answer to our feelings of homelessness. God became homeless so we could be welcomed home. That's our final point for the night. God became homeless so we could be welcomed home. Christ made our home his home so that his home would be our home one day. Jesus came from heaven to earth so we could go from earth to heaven. Christmas is a story about home. And it all began with someone leaving his Christmas is a story about home, and that's why you have this longing for home. No matter how wonderful and warm and comfortable and, and peaceful your home is, your home, your earthly home, is pointing you to a better home. And if you don't find a lot of peace and love and safety at the home you live in, then all the more so it's pointing you to a better home. No matter how great or how mediocre or how awful our home life is it's pointing us to a better home and if you don't even have a home your need couldn't be clear because our home isn't here our home isn't on earth god has made a home with us it's a home that lasts forever and that is our true and better home that is our real home and if we go looking for our real home in any other place other than god we are going to be disappointed jesus once said 
In my Father's house are many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. That's what we have to look forward to. Jesus is preparing rooms for us. Can you prepare one for him? We have a Savior who's preparing rooms for us right now. Can you prepare one for him here? Can you make a room for him in your hearts and in your lives? Meaning, you're going to be in worship. You're going to be in the Word. You're going to be dwelling on His Word and His truth and what it means for you and His gospel, His good news, and how that has changed your life and growing in that. Be in that Word. Worship Him in all that you do. Make a home for Him in your heart. Let Him be born in you. And let's let Him be born in us in the way that we live. He has given us a home, so that's going to change the way we live. We are going to be people who make peace with others. We are going to be people who have compassion on those who don't have homes. So let's help those who need help. Let's give to those who need. Let's help those who don't have homes find shelter. Let's be people who make a difference in the world around us because we have the joy and sure hope of knowing that God has given us a home. And that's all what's involved in making a room for him and preparing a room for him in your heart. And that is a way to truly celebrate a heartwarming, homecoming Christmas. Even if you aren't home for Christmas, right? Because any other kind of celebration that doesn't involve us being home with our Lord who came here to give us a home. Any other celebration that doesn't focus around that wonderful truth and then share that in others with our words and actions, any other celebration that is about any other thing else is going to fall short. So we have a Lord and Savior who came here to make a home for us. Let's make a home for him. Let's let that be part of our celebration. And if you don't have a spiritual home, if you don't have a church home, let Cross of Life be your home. Don't, don't let it go another year. Don't let it go another month. Or if this, or, or another church, if that works, find a home. Find a spiritual home that will help prepare you for your true and better home. This longing for home was built into you. It isn't just a longing for these um, earthly homes that crumble and fall apart. You and I have a longing for a heavenly home. You see, the very beginning of history began in the Garden of Eden, in the very beginning of the Bible, where we got kicked out of our home. We got kicked out of the Garden of Eden with the Tree of Life. And the very end of the Bible gives us a picture into the future, a view of what's coming, where one day we're going to be welcomed back into God's paradise home with the Tree of Life. And right in the middle of it is the manger. Right in the middle of it all is the manger where God left his home to make our home his home so that we might have a home. And so friends, the manger, the manger dares us to believe that the best is yet to come. We're right in the middle of the story 
And as we can look back at this part of the story, this right here is proof that the best part is still coming. The manger dares us to believe that the best is yet to come. There was a man, there was a man who wrote about uh, his teenage years. He, he wrote about when he would uh, um, work out in the oil fields during Christmas break to make some money for school. So um, he would dig rocks out of ditches in cold days in December. So he and the rest of the crew would be dropped off out there in the fields early in the morning while it was still dark. The foreman would load, drop them off from the truck, and he would say, okay, get to work now. I'll come back for you. And then he would drive off in the truck. So all day long, they would dig in the freezing temperatures out there in the cold prairie in the middle of nowhere. And about mid-afternoon, they would, they would start thinking, I wonder if the foreman is on his way back yet. By about 4 p.m., they'd be getting tired. Anyone seen him yet? By 5 p.m., they'd be digging, looking, digging, looking. And those cold temperatures would just get icy once the sun went down. Oh, he's got to be here soon, they would think. And they'd be thinking about the, the dinner that awaited them, the, the warm house, the hot shower. And finally, just when they thought they could not wait any longer, those familiar headlights would come bouncing over the horizon. No one had to tell them to gather their tools and climb out of that ditch. They were ready when he came to take them home. Friends, Jesus is coming to take us home. He became homeless so that we would have a home. Christmas is a story about home. Christmas is a story about God's love for you. Let him love you. Let him love you. If, if the God of the universe was willing to be wrapped in strips of cloth and born homeless in a feeding trough, then all questions about God's love for you are off the table. I mean, be, because you don't always understand it, you might sometimes question his wisdom, question his decisions and actions, but you can never question his love for you. Because Christmas means that there is no place that God will not go. No place that God will not go. If he was willing to be born in a stable, we can expect him to be at work anywhere. Bars, bedrooms, boardrooms, brothels, anywhere. No place is too common. No person is too hardened. No distance is too far there's no person that God cannot reach. There's no limit to his love. Friends, when Christ was born, so was your hope. Christmas means that you have a home. So come home. Amen. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.